minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0, and liftoff. Yes, indeedy. Welcome, welcome. You get the Horn Show. Tad and Jeff here. Uh, reunited, and it feels so good. So uh, good. We had a uh, had a had a week off. I was uh, running solo last week while you were a little uh, under under the weather. Good to have you yeah. back, man. Hey, thanks, man. It's good to be back. You did an amazing job. Wow, that's yeah. what everyone said. That's what everyone that's, said. Everyone yeah. was reaching out to me. Universally, yeah. a lot of people said it was maybe their favorite episode ever. <laughs> it would make sense. Um, yeah. yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. <laughs> no, it was very good to uh, very good to have you. I was tired of listening to my own voice uh, last week. Uh, happens plenty of episodes when you are here that I'm tired of hearing my own voice, but uh, mm -hmm. happened uh, happened last week as well. So it's good to good to have you here and uh, Thanks, good, good to be to able be to bounce uh, some things off of you, man. And we got yeah. plenty to talk about. Look, the the sports week was a was an interesting week. Uh, so we got a few things we're going to touch on. We are going to touch on a, a, a few of our biggest takeaways from week seven in the NFL. We are going to look ahead to week eight in the NFL and uh, some matchup previews there that jump out at us. We're also going to be talking uh, for the first time. ESPN has released its financials. And some very, very interesting things in there. So we're going to do a little bit of, uh, of a dive on that. And then we're also going to be talking about, uh, let's see, one player who now is being talked about as possibly the worst trade in NFL history. <laughs> so we might touch on that a little bit. And, uh, and you know, maybe some other, some other news as we're getting a little closer to the trade deadline here in the NFL. So I think... Um, you know, the, 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 the first place maybe to start is just kind of what jumped out at you uh, from this past weekend, week seven in the NFL. Uh, you know, any anything in particular, oh, I'll let you kind of kick it off. Uh, anything in particular that jumped out at you, surprised you from the weekend? I tell you, AFC North is going to be a battle to the freaking end. I'm telling you, Cleveland won that game. Uh, I, I, <laughs> a little controversial, maybe. Uh, yeah. But they they did win that game without Deshaun Watson, which I, I was so confused on that. So he passes concussion protocol and then decides that he, he doesn't want to go back in or was this a coach's decision? Yeah. Cause it seemed very odd. It, it is. And you know, it's one of those things. I mean, I sent this uh, in our group chat, you know, is it just, does Deshaun Watson just not want to play football anymore? Because, you know, there was the shoulder injury, but then he was kind of cleared to play, but they were saying, well, it's more of a pain issue and tolerance thing. And, and then he comes in, he finally comes back and then immediately like hits his head. They check him out like, no, you're fine. And he, then he, but they don't play him the rest of the game. Yeah. In a really important game that was tight all the way down to you yeah. know the wire and you barely managed to win. Why would you not be playing the guy who uh, you mortgaged your entire future to be able yeah. to have out there? It's just something is weird in Cleveland. It's so weird. And you've got a championship level defense. I mean, they did give up a ton of points to uh, Indy, of course, but. <laughs> I mean, that's a top, I mean, really statistically, you know, however you want to see yeah. it, they're, they're a top three defense, top four defense. Yeah. And now you have uh, PJ, was it, was it PJ Walker 
out there? Was it? Gosh, now you're going to put I, me on the spot. Cause I'm yeah, pretty I, sure uh, it was PJ. Yeah, I, I'm <laughs> pretty right. sure it was PJ Walker. Uh, yeah, he was out there uh, completing passes and, and uh, go, you know, going through everything. It's it's without Deshaun Watson. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we, I don't know if we wanted to get into it quite yet, but um, that was a big takeaway is um, – I mean, Cleveland pulled that off of the skin of their teeth, but what is going on in that quarterback room? I mean, that's got to just be a decision they have to be regretting. And we thought they probably would anyways. Yeah. I mean, you know, we kind of talked about this, I think, ad nauseum for the longest time before he got signed. But, I mean, he's legitimately didn't play for two years and then he was just <laughs> going to pick back up and be the Deshaun Watson of old. Like, yeah, that that's a that's a rough call, but um, yeah, the AFC North, man, whew, my goodness, <laughs> I don't think the Ravens played a more complete game than what they played on Sunday. That was just a thorough domination, top to bottom. Yeah. Uh, Steelers are going to give me cardiac arrest uh, every <laughs> single week, it would appear. Yeah. Um, but the offense looked like a capable offense. Um, the second <laughs> half of, uh, I mean. 21 points in the in the second half. I mean, we don't normally score 21 points in a game. So, right. uh, you know, we scored 24, win that game 24-17. That was a, just a massive win for him. I mean, you know, a little controversy at the end with the spot. Um, but then there was also – the game is just really weird, some of the calls. Um, you know, they, they called a, a couple of, uh, you know, essentially tauntings on, on the Steelers, <laughs> which – the one on Deontay Johnson was just, it was just un, unnecessary. It was almost like a makeup. Like we really shouldn't have called pass interference on this. And then Deontay goes uh, to, I believe his author, Mallette, who played for the Steelers last year. You know, he's like, Shh. and they literally <laughs> called him for taunting. And literally he starts laughing and taps him on the back as he's doing it. And it was almost like, uh, yeah, that really wasn't pass interference that he had on him. And, you know, we shouldn't have, you know, it was just like a makeup. So it was just a weird called game all the way around, but um, but a big win for them. Um, also, can it, is there anything more annoying? Just uh, We should have a, 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 a gripe session about what's been annoying about the NFL season. I know we talked about this through text, but. If I hear the name Puka Nakua one more time, yeah, like they don't call Matt Stafford Matthew Stafford, yeah, Stafford back to throw. Right. It's it. They love saying it. Like it's just one of those words. They just love saying Puka. They'll Nakua. They'll never say just Nakua over the middle. Nakua it's always the Puka middle. Nakua. Puka, Puka Nakua. Puka every time. Nakua. Yeah. It's like, and and yeah. he catches fifteen balls a game, so right. all you hear is Puka Nakua, Puka Nakua, Puka Nakua. Yeah. Oh my goodness gracious! I was like, can can we stop with this? This yeah. is insanity. Uh, so yeah, those are big ones. Uh, Washington taking an L against the Giants. I, this has to be just a, a new ownership group not wanting to meddle right away. But this to me, this is an instant firing for. Ron Rivera, you don't lose that game. They, they literally gave up, I, I want to say, four. They, the defense for the Giants, I think, maybe had five sacks, six sacks all year. I think they almost had that in that game. Um, offense couldn't do anything. What in the world is happening with Eric Bieniemy? He's got to be regretting life choices at this point. 
Uh, still plenty of time to turn it around just because of some of the losses that happened in the NFC this week. But this this literally should be a fireable offense. There's no reason they should be losing to the Giants. They won the first two games, have now lost four of their last five, the fall under 500. And now they've got to take on the Eagles uh, next week. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those are my uh, those are my big ones. Uh, I just Washington. I, I just Ron Rivera wouldn't have left. Um, he wouldn't have left the stadium as my head coach after that game. So to be clear, then you would have fired Ron Rivera after this loss to the Giants. immediately. Yeah, this team has so uh, is just under what what about Ron Rivera <laughs> makes you think this guy should have had this job for the past four straight years? Yeah, what has he done? What what has he done? that he would deserve to continue having this job. I just don't get it. My only thing is, is this just has to be the ownership has to say, this is just a, uh, this is just a, a gimme year. You know, we're just going to ride it and see what happens. There's no way they're going to move forward with this guy. I, I, I can't envision any scenario outside of winning, getting to the NFC championship game this year is going to save Ron Rivera's job. And that's why I was like, can you just cut bait now? Uh, I mean, it, yeah. is it too early in the season to to cut bait on this guy? To I mean, the interesting thing is, wouldn't guys? you want to see what you have with enemy as a potential head coach, right? So, like, <sighs> it, like if you cut Ron Rivera now, and I don't know, we can look it up really quickly on what, what week uh, Washington's buy is. But, like, if you cut Ron Rivera now and you put Eric Bieniemy in as the interim head coach, then you, at least you get a chance to figure out, like, what you maybe have to see if you want him as a, uh, as a head coaching candidate. So, you know, it could be an interesting idea there. Uh, you know, I, it, I, there's, as always, uh, there's a lot of mystery happening, uh, you know, there in Washington. And I do not realize, I, I just don't see where they, where they have their buy. I'm missing it for some reason. It you know. uh, looks like it's maybe after the Cowboys game. Like I'm sitting here trying to add up seven in my head every, all the time. Um, so they play Thursday, I guess that would be Thanksgiving. And then it looks like they don't play again until December 3rd. Is that no, 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 no. I'm sorry. So they play December 3rd and then they're off, um, on the 10th, December 10th would be their uh, bye week. So okay. what are we looking at? Man, that's a long way. One, two, yeah. three, four, five, six games now. So yeah, I guess I mean, that if you're will saying that in. they, if they have a bye December 3rd, that's week 13. Yeah. That's wow. what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. December. Um, sorry. So it would be December 10th would be their, uh, would be their bye week. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah wow. So that's okay. coming. That's, so you can't make any changes after that because. <laughs> yeah, they literally is only four games after that. That is weird. Yeah, unless I'm missing that something. Late... No, that's not that December. No, it looks 3rd, that way. I'm looking through December the schedule 17. right now. Dang. Looking through the schedule right now on week 14, and um, yeah, it has not, to be uh, the longest bot, like the longest before a the latest bot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's got to be jeez. Uh, so I mean, you can't. I mean, what are you going to fire him then and then come right. back for four weeks? Like, yeah. I don't get it. I don't know what the deal is. It just has to be the new ownership, not wanting to look like meddling owners like uh, Dan Snyder was before. But at this point, you have got to have seen enough. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Those are my. No, it's true. And look, I mean, he's a, he's an even keel guy, Ron Rivera. He was able to put up with a lot in the Dan Snyder era. Um, and so, you know, I, I think 
<laughs> that's why he's still there. But yeah, unfortunately, it's just it's yeah, not. What was he going to do? It's not like he was going to be like, oh, it sucks being under the, you know be, getting right. paid, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, and and be under the worst owner in the NFL. Like he's not going to quit. Yeah. So like, no, no. Of course, yeah, I mean he's not a hero for for sticking <laughs> it out. I mean, yeah, and honestly, like when I look, at, you know, over the the weekend, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot that really jumps out at me. Other than I'll tell you another guy who I can't figure out who's still employed as a head coach, just in general, and this is more of just big picture, is Josh McDaniels. Like, what is going on, man? At this point, Josh McDaniels just lost to the Bears thirty to twelve, and. This is a guy who, outside of being a successful offensive coordinator in New England alone, what has Josh McDaniels done? He was terrible as the Broncos head coach. Goes back to New England with his tail between his legs. And guess what? Continues to coach Tom Brady. Then agrees to go to the Colts and then changes his mind right before the press conference and turns around and goes back. And that, that is a public humiliation for the team and really should have been more for him. And then he stayed back in New England again, tail between his legs, coaching Tom Brady again, and then leaves again to take on the Raiders job. And look, the Raiders are not a good football team. Nobody sat here and thought that they had like a, a super high ceiling this year. But my goodness, I, they, they, the Raiders can't be, they can't have the talent that they have with a guy who is supposed to be an offensive uh, I don't want to say genius because I never really bought into the fact that he was an offensive genius, but at least a, a very talented offensive uh, coordinator and evaluator in Josh McDaniel with Devontae Adams, a top five wide receiver in the league. And you're able to make nothing happen. I Except mean, you started getting rid of talent like Darren Waller. I, yeah. I don't get it. I mean, in fairness, the, they are starting 64-year-old uh, Brian Hoyer, which also doesn't really make sense because you have Aiden O'Connell there exactly. as a rookie. Like, if you, you drafted him, he he was your backup. You gave him Played one great game. great in the preseason. Yeah. I mean, tearing the preseason up. Um, yeah. Uh, but you give him one game, it's not good enough, and now you go to Brian Hoyer, who has proven that he can't be a starter in the league, clearly. Yes. Uh, you lose to a guy now in fairness, I, I know a lot of bears fans were high on this kid. Tyson Bagent, uh, Bagent. Yes. Bagent. Uh, yes. did you know his dad's like, um, like a 28 time <laughs> arm wrestling champion? <laughs> yeah. His father's no <laughs> joke, dude. I mean, he looks young too, which is crazy, yeah. <laughs> but, but did you know, this is the first time since 2010, a division two quarterback won an NFL game. Do you want to name the player that won? Oh my goodness. In 2014? 2010. 2010 that a division two player won a game in the NFL. Now I will tell you it was against Washington. Okay. Well that it was a rival really game. It, it was a divisional game. I mean Tony Romo? Good guess, but no, John Kitna. <laughs> oh my goodness, wow, John Kitna. First time since 2010, a Division II quarterback wow. won That's an NFL incredible. game. Started and won an NFL game, which is, yeah. it's nuts because, I mean, you know, 
<laughs> I heard the, the heard the rumblings and like, oh, you know, Josh McDaniels going to get fired. And that's when they were at three and two. And I'm like, well, I mean, that seems. But now it's kind of like yeah, you lost to a one win Bears team, which granted, you know, this is their second straight win. Yeah. But you lost to a division two quarterback. Well, and not just that. I mean, look, if we go back, the Raiders beat the Broncos by one point in week one. And at the time, it was like, hey, man, this is going to be a tough divisional game later. Now we know these are two terrible teams, right? They beat the Broncos by one point, 17 to 16 in week one. Uh, In week two, they lost to the Bills 38 to 10. Then in week three, they, gosh, why am I not even seeing them here? Uh, Week three, they lost to the Steelers 23 to 18. Week four... They were beat by the Chargers 24-17. And, uh, and so, I mean, it's just like they're not losing to particularly, like, overwhelmingly good teams or anything like that. They lost to, or they beat the Packers 17-13 to in week five. I mean, they're just, they are, they're good for about 13 or 14 points a game. I mean, really, uh, They that's... lost to the, they beat the Patriots 21-17. Yeah. But outside of that, they don't put up points. No, I mean, you're looking at 17, 10, 18, 17, 17, 21, <laughs> and 12. So, yeah. Yeah. Literally about 17 points a game is what, I mean, they are they loved 17. <laughs> Has a team ever scored 17 points in a season <laughs> three different times? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, and so it's like, how are you going to win too many games in the NFL like that? So again, we're, right. I don't want to belabor the point. Not here to spend a ton of time talking about the Raiders, but that one was a that one kind of jumped out at me over. But the here's course again, though. I mean, weekend. you say what you want about you know Mark Davis getting a, a team in Las Vegas and everything. He's not a good owner. It's like let's not pretend like this dude is like some great uh, right evaluator of talent and everything else. So I mean, he's it's. If that's just another weird situation there. Like, where, where, like, what direction are they going in? Like, what, what are they doing? Yeah, it's Who it's it's, it's not good. Yeah, it's not no. good in Vegas for the Raiders. No signs that it's really going to get better. Help no. is not on the way. Uh, and honestly, I think it's silly to think that they would be so much better of a team if Jimmy Garoppolo were playing. Because I don't think they would be. Oh, no. they, if I mean, you look clearly, over the course of the season, Garoppolo playing. might be. He might make you two wins better. Like over the course of a season, a 17 game season, Jimmy Garoppolo versus Brian Hoyer or Aiden O'Connell is maybe making you two games better. But two games better for a five win team, a six win team like the Raiders are going to be, isn't really going to be earth shattering when you think about the fact right. that they're playing in that division. Yeah, <laughs> you got to be competing against the Chiefs and stuff like that. You're just yeah. not even, you're not even in the game. And then the flip side, you know, you touched on it. The Ravens played the best game of any team in the NFL this weekend, the most complete game, probably the best game that the the Ravens themselves have played in two or three seasons, I would say. It's been a while. Uh, I mean, just a complete, complete game from every aspect. Uh, Passing the ball, running the ball, the, the schematically, you know, really starting to see a little bit more of that Todd Munkin offense now and, you know, look, if this is a glimpse of what the future looks like in that offense, and that's a big if still, but sure. if it is, then that's going to be a really, really tough team. And then, you know, when you can play with a lead, which they really, they jumped out early on, they, they 
took the ball at the kickoff, which you never see teams doing anymore. Everyone always defers so they can get it to start the second half. They said, no, we want the ball first. They marched right downfield and scored. And now you're playing with a lead and you're allowing that defense to just pin their ears back and attack. And that's what they do best. And they had uh, just a, a, you know, last week I talked on the show about whether or not there is a better linebacker duo in the NFL right now than Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen. And then they went right out there and did it again against Detroit on Sunday and were absolutely just dominant on that field and, and made it a very long day for, you know, my dark horse MVP candidate, Jared Goff and, uh, and the, the Lions. And, you know, you look at it on paper later and it looks like Goff's stats were okay and uh, oh. Emma Ross St. Brown yeah. was catching. No, the Ravens had had, I believe it was two or three touchdowns before the Lions got their first first down. Yeah, no. So was... this was a, a just demolished in every yes. way. Yeah, and very. I mean, twenty-eight passing attempts and twenty-seven rushing attempts for the Ravens. <laughs> I mean, that you want to talk about balanced offense. And finally, did a little bit that uh, you know I've always scratched my head. And you know, of course, I, I you know throw an interception every game. You know, I don't care. You know, it, you know, as a as a Steeler fan, but that yeah. that that ability of Lamar running with that option of passing that RPO hasn't been there. Like it, like it has been in the past, but you saw yeah. so much of that where, you know, he was starting to take off tight end slips out and they lose contain and he's throwing it, you know, for 35 yard gain, you know, it's just, it, that's what you envision that offense could possibly be. So yeah, yeah, it was uh, just a fantastically well played game. I, I, you know, keep up with the Ravens uh, probably as much as I do the Steelers, and I, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen them play in quite a few years that that dominant of a complete game start to finish. So, kudos. Yeah, it was good, and look now everyone's back to talking about Lamar Jackson in the MVP conversation. I mean, funny how completed over seventy seven, <laughs> completed over seventy seven percent of his passes on Sunday. Yeah, and some Detroit. of them were, I mean, like I said, uh, there's a lot of those, you know, just bubble. I don't even know what you would really call them, but just he can just flip it out to the guy, you know. Yeah. But then there were some that he was throwing across the middle and and doing stuff with. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's funny how, like, narratives change so much. You know, you're talking about Miami being the best team, and then they go into Philadelphia sure. and and – don't come out as the best team. And then you say there's some, what's wrong with Philadelphia. And then all of a sudden Philadelphia gets right, you know, for as bad as Philadelphia has been, and they have not been good. They are six and one. I mean, yeah, you can't uh, knock that. No, I mean, this team has not dominated any game this year. They, I mean, you know, I, I guess two score game with the Vikings. And then, um, but outside of that, they've all been in, you know, one score game, nine points, uh, except for this game against the uh, the Dolphins, and boy, they put them on them. Uh, a lot of questionable calls, I will say, but uh, I'm not no yeah. certain it was enough to uh, skew the game. But had those calls gone <laughs> a little bit differently, maybe we're uh, we're talking about not such a blowout. But that was a, a complete performance from them. So, yeah. All right, well, let's roll out. That's uh, that's week seven, so we'll get ready here in a few minutes to talk about uh, look ahead to week eight. But let's move into something a little bit different first. 
So ESPN has released its financials for the first time ever. And there's always been debate on, you know, hey, how much money does ESPN make? I mean, they're spending so much to be able to you know, be part of these sports things. Well, the numbers are significant for ESPN. So ESPN released its financials for the first time ever. $16 billion in annual revenue, $2.9 billion in annual profit. And what's even crazier, ESPN drives more annual profit for Disney than the company's entire entertainment division. That is insane. And so now, and the whole reason this happened is that Disney changed how they are reporting financials. So instead of just reporting it as a company, they're now doing three categories, which is experiences, which is parks, the Disney parks and products, entertainment, streaming, TV, movies, et cetera, and then sports, ESPN. ESPN did not have it separate because they did not use to report a sports uh, kind right. of section there. And so now you get a chance to see that for Disney, ESPN delivered $16 billion in revenue in 2022, had profits of $2.9 billion. That's significantly, significant impact to Disney's bottom line when you look at it. Now, of course, obviously Disney's main cash cow is streaming and TV networks, movies, et cetera. I mean, they did almost $40 billion in business and all of that. But if you look at the at the annual revenue, ESPN, $16 billion. And when you look at the profit, the profit on that $16 billion is $2.9 billion. The profit on Disney's streaming, TV, movies, et cetera, is $2.1 billion. So even though they're two and a half times the volume in streaming and movies, they're actually less profit in that than ESPN. Does that seem like a low amount, like for making $16 billion to only profit $2.9 billion? Now, I mean, it's still an insane amount of money, but uh, uh, is that normal? That seems well, like think a about it. I mean, we just skewed. said their streaming and movie division makes $40 billion and only netted out two point one. Yeah, but th- we're talking about revenue, though. So, I mean, with the streaming stuff, you're not really seeing ads. You're not seeing, like, a lot of that stuff on the streaming side. That's probably just coming from memberships, I would I would assume anyways. Maybe I could be wrong on that, but I, I don't – they're not really getting advertising and things like that on the streaming side of it. I, I don't – Right. I, I, it's been a while since I've watched Disney Plus. My kids, kids watch it, but last time I checked, I don't – remember seeing any commercials involved with it so yeah um but i don't know does does that seem like a lot i mean i I, and it seems unsustainable too i mean just given where disney is or where espn is really heading i mean as far as you know less and less people are i'm sure have espn now than what they they did even 10 years ago well yeah i think it's a combination of things right Mm -hmm. it's like you know we, and I think so many people just don't really watch ESPN all that often anymore, or it's just kind of occasionally on in the background type of thing. But you know, these stats here, we've gone from 100 million paying kind of cable or pay TV households in the United States down to about 70 million over the last 10 years. And so, you know, automatically there are just fewer people. Now, this is why ESPN has been trying to push ESPN plus so hard and get people onto the app and stuff like that, because the agreements that they have to make with the cable providers have just been getting more and more insane. Uh, so 
ESPN actually saw their revenue drop 35% over the first nine months of 2023. That is unbelievable. That's falling off a cliff. You're down 35%. So they have some issues that they're going to have to sort out with, you know, on ESPN. So again, it does sound good, but ESPN plus they have 25 million subscribers on ESPN plus now, but they lost subscribers for the first time ever last quarter. And a lot of people that they are getting to sign up are only signing up because it's included in Disney plus and Hulu, you know, that whole package. And so now they're saying that ESPN is looking to team up with Apple or Amazon to increase distribution because it's just, you know, they're, they're, they're running into trouble. Yeah. Uh, it's not definitely not a sustainable model that they have right no. now. And then that ESPN plus too, like having to pay for that, like th- what was that? Uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, <laughs> when the, uh, I believe it was the Jaguars were on and you could only watch it on ESPN plus. <laughs> so I, I have regular cable just because I, I, you know, need all of the, it, it, I, it, I just ended up paying almost less than what I was with all the subscription bases. Right. So I didn't need ESPN plus. So I've got, and I don't need Hulu. So the only thing I pay for is Disney plus. So I ended up having to watch like the, um, Toy Story version of that game. Oh my god! (laughs) Was the most asinine thing ever. You know, like so I got to the point where I was like, and Booger McFarlane was calling it, and it was just (sighs) so. I mean, I I don't know. I guess for like I don't even know kids were watching it to be honest. Like mine, uh, seven year old came out and was like, "What's this?" And he's like, "No," (laughs) and then just immediately turns and goes back in the house. You know, like. So yeah. I ended up not even finishing the game because I was like, I can't. What am I watching? I mean, it was cool, you know. And they had put like little chips and stuff in the guys, and you know, it I, it was cool. But at the same time, it was, um, yeah, I'm not going to watch a cartoon version of a football game either. So, no. um, but the fact that you had to sign up for ESPN Plus to watch the actual football game was was pretty crazy and pretty pretty bold. So that's that's. Uh, I don't know where they go from here on this stuff. I mean, you know, ESPN's always buying, getting into something, you know, hosting the playoff yeah. games now and, and stuff. So they're not ever going to go away. It's just whether or not that's going to be a thing Disney's going to want to hold on to. I mean, kind well, of now ESPN's, they might be. Well, yeah, now we know they're trying to move into gambling. And so, you know, with ESPN bet or I think it's ESPN bet and I was calling it bet ESPN ESPN before, but I think it's ESPN bet. I think they wanted their name first. So I think it's ESPN bet, but like they're trying to get into gambling and we know obviously they made so many cuts, uh, you know, on air talent and things like that. I mean, they're trying to cut costs every which way they possibly can. And that's why you just see the same six people on every show that they have. I mean, Stephen A. Smith works 23 hours a day for ESPN. (laughs) Like if you want to investigate, to the other. yeah, you want to investigate like just uh, indentured servitude and, and 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 labor laws. You should see what ESPN is doing to Stephen A. Smith because this poor guy is sprinting from studio to studio. They should just let him work from home. I mean, at this yeah. point, it's unfair yeah. to expect him to do all of this. Oh my gosh! I, mean, I would love to know the overall percentage of ESPN studio shows that Stephen A. Smith plays a part in. Uh, I guarantee you it's a it's a high number. It's a high number. Yeah, about but anyway, to get back, about ahead. to get back to the point where they're going to have uh, the uh, the workouts on there. Remember the 
they would oh. run ESPN Sports Center for a while, and then all the, then you get Denise Austin on there doing her workouts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're not yeah, even they the new ones. To, they're just going to run old reruns of it. So. Yeah, I mean they really there. are bloated, and they've always been a bloated yes. type of a company. I mean, it's just, and I think more and more people are are moving away from that. Um, you know, the whole sports talk on ESPN, like every show is literally the same. Like yes. it's not really too much uh, differentiating. And like, how many times can you on ESPN, can someone listen to you or, you know, your people talk about, uh, you know, Puka Nakua <laughs> <laughs> all yeah. day long. Right. I yeah. mean, and now you got the NFL network who's doing a, a fantastic job, you know, with their shows and, yeah. and everything and it's taking viewership away. And yeah, it, it's um, I mean, Look, they're still raking in the money. I think they always will. It'd be one of those entities that it's never going to go away. But um, I, I imagine they're going to look quite different here in the next few years. Yeah, it certainly seems that way. And, you know, they're constantly now trying to introduce new faces, uh, you know, so they don't have to pay the old timers that have been there for yeah. a while. You know, yeah. Cutting everyone that they can. So yeah. we'll see what happens to ESPN. But as it stands right now, they are hyper profitable in comparison to Disney's other, you know, businesses or, or, yeah. or revenue streams, but definitely uh, going downhill. I mean, down 35% to start the 2023 is, uh, mm. those are rough numbers. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, okay. So let's uh, look ahead here to NFL week number eight. Week eight. We're not going to go through every single game because there's too many to go through. Uh, so why don't we do this? As we scroll through, let's touch on just uh, any games that uh, jump out at you as being interesting. Do you have the schedule in front of you? If not, I can read them off. Yeah, I do. You have them? Mm-hmm. Okay. So Bucks Bills, is that interesting to you? Are you there? Interesting only to see if the Bills can recover. I mean, they're they're underperforming this year at four and three. Um, yeah. Bucks could lose that game and, and they're still in the thick of that division, but Bills can't take too many more bad losses. Agreed. Jets Giants, nobody cares about. Uh, Jag Steelers, look, that could be an interesting game, honestly. It's, yeah. I mean, Steelers got three games now. Um, in a row that aren't division games. They really need all three of these to kind of cushion. We'll, we'll find out how good both teams are. Um, Jags are definitely a good team, but Trevor Lawrence isn't like playing out of his mind this year. I mean, he's got eight touchdowns, three interceptions, 1600 yards uh, passing. I know everyone thinks I hate Trevor Lawrence. (laughs) That's the running joke on this show, but he's not setting the world on fire. Um, but they are still five and two, so um, yeah. very tough game for the Steelers. Um, uh, that that's definitely one of the, of the games that uh, I think um, it'll be good to watch. It'll be fun to watch. Yeah, Eagles Commanders. Will this be the game that Ron Rivera gets uh, fired after? Apparently not, because you can lose to the Giants and still keep your job. <laughs> um, should it be if they get blown out at home against the Eagles? you would have to think that conversation would have to begin, right? I, Because I, I haven't heard too much about, like, I think it's just a foregone conclusion that Ron's not going to be there next year. Yeah. Uh, Martin Mayhew's not going to be there next year. It's going to be a total overhaul. Um, but 
I think we could hear some uh, grumblings at this point. If uh, if they get blown out at home, uh, they're already six and a half point underdogs. Um, that's a big number for home. Um, not as you know big as um, you know some games. Uh, you know Cardinals are a bigger home dog this year, this week, but six and a half is a big uh, game for a team that was supposed to be uh, in the thick of this thing in the playoff on. So yeah. All right, let's keep rolling. Rams Cowboys. Could be interesting, I guess. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, Vikings Packers. Vikings should win, right? Also, who I mean, cares? starting, yeah, but starting 0 and 4, and now they've won three straight. Um, if Detroit somehow manages to, to lose um, to the uh, Raiders on Monday night, they would be, Vikings would be right back in the thick of the thing, and that's without yeah. Justin Jefferson. Uh, those talks of trading Kirk would die down quite significantly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it could be an interesting game. Um, I would think Vikings should win that one, but, um, but yeah, that's definitely a, um, that's definitely an interesting game there. So Falcons Titans should be Falcons, right? That means it's going to be Titans because Titans are, uh, are getting rid of, it's a fire sale. They're getting rid of everybody. Uh, Falcons should easily win this game, which means Titans will, right? Oh yeah. Of course they'll dominate somehow. And then they will, not trade anyone away because they'll think that they're going to be right in the yeah. thick of it, which at three and four at that yeah. point, they might be, um, yeah. but shouldn't the Titans do right by Derrick Henry and try to get him to a contender? hundred percent. We talked about this on this show a couple months ago before the season started saying that they should be trading Derrick Henry and not, not make him stay on that team. Yeah. Um, yeah. Won't happen. Uh, Patriots dolphins. Should be a blowout, probably won't be, right? Division game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Division game, Patriots coming off a big win. Find out all of a sudden that somehow during the offseason, Bill Belichick got a contract extension whenever I thought he might be gone. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, he's already signed that extension. So a big win last week for him. So we'll see if they can, uh, if they could somehow pull out another division game. That would be very interesting, um, but should be Dolphins all the way, especially at home. Oh, they're nine and a half point underdog. The Patriots are, but it's a you know they're away, but whew, nine and a half. Belichick will use that as bulletin board material. You better believe it. All right, let's go rapid fire here. Uh, games nobody cares about. Saints Colts. Who you got? <sighs> Give me Colts. Okay. Texans Panthers. That, that's going to be a good game. Uh, that'll be a fun game. Uh, just because yeah. you got the two rookie quarterbacks. Uh, I'll take the Texans, of course. But, Should be uh, Texans, yeah. But if there's ever a game where uh, they're going to try and, and do everything they possibly can to win, that that's going to be that game. So, oh, yeah. Bryce Young's uh, going to want to look. I, I would say Bryce Young yeah, is going to want to just ball out. I mean, right now he's... He's not even close to C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud's got nine touchdowns and only one pick this year. It's crazy. The guy's been playing out of his mind on a team that no one expected to be very good. No, and and for a player that people thought couldn't even read, I mean, according to the uh, reports that came out. (laughs) Very true. (laughs) Honestly. Very true. Yeah. It shows you don't have to be able to read to be able to play in the NFL because you, you see them. Be able to read it's the just defense. plays are all drawn up. It's X's and arrows, man. You don't yeah. need to be able to read. Sure. It yeah. <laughs> all right, Browns Seahawks uh, could be an interesting game, right? I mean, um, two four and two teams. Yeah, right. Both yeah. of them right in the division hunt. I mean, considering San Francisco's lost two straight now, 
there. Yeah. I mean, there's the Seahawks a half game back. Anything happens in the, the Browns win. Now they go to five and two could. Uh, oh, don't speak Crazy. it into existence. <laughs> Seahawks well, speaking plus, of not tw- speaking it 20. into existence, Bengals Niners. Uh, another game. I mean, is this can this needs to be a bounce back game for the Niners because you're going to really be on a losing streak here, but yeah. it's not going to be an easy bounce back. No, that's I mean, and Bengals. I think we've talked about really haven't hit their stride, and they're still three and three, and now yeah. they get a bye week, and now they come back healthy. I mean, coming off a bye, even though it's away, that's going to be a very tough game for San Francisco. Polish just coming off maybe a little bit on Brock Purdy. I mean, mm-hmm. he's without, you know, Debo, which is, you know, that was kind of big. But um, can we talk about drafting a kicker in the third round on a team that was, you know, one game away from going to the Super Bowl? I It's a weird pick to me, man. And, and you had Robbie Gold, who, I mean, in Always fairness, good. is still out there, but like <laughs> was very good for you. I, I didn't think like there was anything about him last year that screamed like, Oh, he's, he's done. Right. So to spend a third round pick on Jake Moody, who has not come in the clutch uh, in the past <laughs> couple of games and now Purdy not playing well the past two games. So there's a, you know, all of a sudden, again, here we are setting at five and oh, the world is their oyster and man, yep. just the NFL. And this is just what makes the NFL so freaking good. Two weeks and the whole narrative could change. Now, of course, they can go and no one the next five games and be setting a 10 and two. And you're like, mm, you know, Jake Moody's, <laughs> you know, 10 for 10 on 50 plus yard right, kicks right. or whatever, you know. But it's just that's the NFL, man. Just a couple of games and people start, you know, just start looking, uh, you know, because there's only 17 of these. So it's not like, you know, they have plenty of time to figure things out. You know, you you're you got to go. And, and, and especially when no one in the West is, is falling apart. So outside of the Cardinals, you everyone else is still right there within a couple of games of them. So yeah, big game for them. Agreed. All right. Uh, Chiefs Broncos should be chiefs, right? Yeah. But of course it'll be the Broncos because we say it should be the chiefs. (laughs) That's right. Ravens Cardinals obviously should be the Ravens as well. Like there's nothing there. Uh, Bears Chargers. Is that a game you care about? Bears Chargers, no. I mean, I'll be curious if uh, um, uh, uh, Tyler, what would we say? Tyson, what? Bajent? Bajent, yeah. Bajent. Yeah, I'll be curious if he plays again or if uh, Fields comes back. Um, no. I mean, does that excite you? Two and five against two and four. Again, <laughs> Chargers. Chargers Chargers are going to charge, aren't they? I mean, they're just Man. always going. Is there ever a point in time where they're just not going to underperform? No. No, it's like it's it's almost like it's a foundational thing yeah. for that organization that they will not live up. And and you know, you have a talented quarterback in Justin Herbert, but I think I, I think it was something like in the last two minutes of the fourth quarter, no one has thrown more interceptions than Justin Herbert over the last like twenty games or something. And I mean he has like five more than the next closest players. Like it's it's just absurd. So I mean, I mean, obviously he's a talented guy, but Brandon Staley should not be the head coach there. Kellen Moore. I mean, I thought the shine came off Kellen Moore a long time ago, and, it did, and yeah. it's, they Two still try to rehype him back up. Yeah, thinking that it was going to be a huge difference maker in uh, San Diego, and it hasn't been. So no, I just feel like they're just an also ran team. 
You know, yeah. it doesn't matter how much talent they have. They're just, they, they just, um, you know, they don't have like, a killer instinct at all. And they don't have an identity you, as a team. Again, all you've done is swap a Hall, a, a hall of Fame quarterback, uh, Philip Rivers, for yeah. a potential Hall of Fame quarterback and Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert keeps throwing, putting up these numbers yeah. that he's put up. It, He'll probably be a borderline Hall of Famer, maybe even a Hall of Famer. He's going to make 10, 15 Pro Bowls, and he's going to be a Hall of Famer. But all you've done, and then you, you swap out uh, LaDainian Tomlinson for Austin Eckler, and it, you just but you just don't ever put it all together. It's just that team nope. is way too talented. There's way too much firepower there for them to be sitting at two and four. It's quite frankly embarrassing. Again, how this guy hasn't lost the job. I don't know, because I, I, I guess it's one of those things that like, you know, we fired Anthony Lynn so quick, which I feel like they should have given Anthony Lynn another, uh, another Agreed. year. Um, yeah. And you brought this guy in. So now you can't be wrong about this guy, you know, because now they're going to start looking at me as the general manager. And, you know, it's like, they should be. Yeah. But they should be. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole thing is like, I mean, if like, what I don't understand is these guys, because I mean, so Tom Telesco is the general manager for the Chargers. He's been the general manager for the Chargers for quite a while now, and he has never accomplished anything. I mean, he no. has been the general manager of the Chargers since 2013. Tom Telesco has been the general manager of the Chargers since 2013. What in the world has happened with the Chargers <laughs> since 2013? Yeah. They've uh, only underperformed. They've only frustrated people. They've only fired coaches. They've only yeah. wasted talent. Nothing good has happened to the Chargers or for the Chargers since Tom Telesco has been there. And they just keep repeating. They just yeah. keep bringing in a new head coach every three and a half to four years and sticking some new players in. And then they, they'll make a move or they'll draft a really good player so they can sell tickets. They had Khalil Mack. You had Joey Bosa. Uh, obviously you had Philip Rivers at one point. Now you have, uh, Justin Herbert. You have all yeah. of this talent that runs in and out of that building all the time and moves through it. And no one ever is able to do anything with it to bring it together. And again, Brandon Staley, I said it last year should have been fired already, but the idea that, that Tom Telesco is able to stay in there and continue to do it. I just can't understand how he remains a general manager. No, I mean, I was sitting here complaining about Ron Rivera and his four years. Like, what has he done? This guy's been there for 10 and <laughs> yes. hasn't done anything. It's not hard yeah. to draft. Like, you could have just given us the draft of Justin Herbert at six. He fell right to them. Like, yeah, it's not yep. difficult to, to draft Justin Herbert. It's not difficult. Yeah. Like, he's you right there. I could have figured that out. <laughs> Yeah, like you wouldn't need to you pay us half the money and we would have been able to do that. So, yeah, I mean, Austin Eckler is a great find. Like he finds good players, but yeah, like he's never the, the, that's goes beyond just players. You've got to hire the right team, the right coaches, you know, the the right assistants. Yeah. You got to make sure your head coach has the right assistants and uh, it, yeah, just so underperforming. It's just sad. Like I just the people there, I just uh it has to be just awful being a Chargers fan. Yeah, it really does. I mean, it has to be terrible. So if you have nice weather, I guess. I don't know. Maybe that just makes That's, it easier. Yeah, it has to be what lures you in. Uh, you know, I mean, if I go back, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time with this because we just don't have the time to spend on it. But let me tell you something. When I go back, 2013, the standout player drafted by Tom Telesco, presumably his first draft, Keenan Allen. Outside of that, 
DJ Fluker, Manti Teo, Steve Williams, Tarek Williams, Brad Sorensen. Okay, so Keenan Allen, one good player. Yeah. 14, Fluker Jason for Verrett. A year or two. Jason Verrett, Jeremiah Atachu, Chris Watt, Ryan Carruthers, Marion Grice, Tevin Reese. That's 2014. 2015, Melvin Gordon. Okay. After that, I mean, you're just not going to know very many of these players, man. Uh, 15, Joey Bosa, Hunter Henry, and then a bunch of guys you're not going to know. Which you didn't bring Hunter Henry back, so. Right. <laughs> like you didn't give him that second contract. Yeah. 2017, Mike Williams. Okay. Again, not hard. Like you said, he, you picked number seven. I mean, whoever's picking, you know, falling to you, that's what you're going to take. After Mike Williams, Forrest Lamp, Dan Feeney, Rayshon Jenkins, Desmond King, Sam TV, Isaac Rochelle. I mean, these are guys that just like, they're just guys, you know? 2018, Derwin James. Okay. But then after that, nobody. Nobody's significant. I mean, not, not to say there aren't some good players in here. Uh, you know, I'm just looking. I mean, Kaiser White, uh, Justin Jones. I mean, some guys that are like you've heard of maybe, but not like any great players. 2019 draft, Jerry Tillery, Nasir Otterlev, Trey Pipkins, Drew Tranquil, Easton Stick. Uh, I mean, it's like uh, 2020, Justin Herbert, you know, is the, is the name. So, I mean, the, the number of, of players that you go over five, six, seven, eight years, and you can say, oh, well, there's three good players. Three good players out of seven drafts? <laughs> yeah. You want to come out of each draft and say, man, we ended up with three or four good players. Maybe you didn't know it on draft night, but you want to be right. able to look back and go, man, okay, that worked out. Yeah. You don't have that over seven or eight years with the Chargers. Yeah. Give me two. Give me two players for me. Yeah. Give me one standout from each draft. <laughs> I mean, if you hit even on your first round draft picks every single year, you're doing pretty good still. Yeah. And you're not doing that. So yeah, I mean I mean he can build a decent team around, you know, around them. And and you know, and you're finding these guys late or undrafted and great, yeah. but like you have draft picks for a reason. You're not like <laughs> Like, well, our bread and butter is the undrafted free agency, right? So we really don't pay much attention to the regular draft. Yeah. We wait until everybody else has been picked. And then that's when we really shine, you know, come on, stop. Yeah. Uh, and then last game, last game of the weekend, Raiders lions. Uh, I mean, should be an angry bounce back game for the lions, right? Well, this is a good test. Yeah. This will also yeah. be a good test of how, you know, well, like I, I, I'm I'm on the fence on Dan Campbell. Uh, I mean, everyone seems to think like you know he's just this fantastic coach. Like I feel like he's just a a raw raw guy to be honest. But I I could be wrong. You know I, yeah. I don't you know X's and O's. I, I I'm not so sure about. Um, we'll see how his team responds though. Um, it should be a thorough domination if they're really that upset. I mean, they really have no excuse not to come out and just blow the top off of them. So yeah. Agreed. Okay. So that wraps up the NFL week eight preview. Now I'm going to pull, we got two more things I want to go through. So we're going to try to get to them pretty quickly here. One is, you know, we touched on this a little earlier about a potential trade looking back on it. Now, can we look at it and say, is this the worst trade now officially in NFL history? And it is, of course, many of you could have probably figured this out. Cleveland Browns quarterback, Deshaun Watson. Is this the worst trade in NFL history? So here's what happened. The Browns 
traded a first-round pick in 2022, a first-round pick in 2023, a first-round pick in 2024, a third-round pick in 2023, a fourth-rounder in 2022, and a fourth-rounder in 2024. The Texans traded Deshaun Watson and a sixth-round pick. In 10 games with the Cleveland Browns, Deshaun Watson has passed for less than 2,000 yards. That means he's throwing for under 200 yards per game. He's completed less than 60% of his passes. He's thrown 11 touchdowns and 8 interceptions, and he has a quarterback rating of 82. He's averaging less than 195 yards per game in this in this type of football that we play now. And so it's like, are the are the... Are the Browns any worse off playing their third string quarterback, PJ Walker, than they are with Deshaun Watson in there? It doesn't seem sure. like it, does it? No, because they have two wins with PJ Walker and they have two wins with Deshaun Watson. So, right. no, of course not. Can you imagine the Browns gave up three firsts, a third, and two fourths to bring this guy in and then sign him to a monstrous, fully guaranteed contract? Yeah. And again, Deshaun Watson hadn't even played <laughs> the whole year. Was sitting right. out because of all those allegations. Didn't want to play for the Texans. So hadn't even played. So it's not like there were teams just banging down the door. to, yeah. to like It's insane how much. We said it at the time, though. How much they gave up and how much they paid a guy who wasn't playing. It, it's insane to me. I mean, if you got me the Deshaun Watson of like 2017, 20, you know, whatever, 2016, 2017, you know, stone 35 yeah. touchdowns, eight picks or whatever, maybe, but you had no guarantee that that was going to be it. The guy hadn't played in yeah. almost two years and then you got him and then you knew that he was going to be suspended on top of that and you gave up all of that compensation for him and you had Baker Mayfield who... <laughs> Is playing I, right now. Would you rather have Baker Mayfield or would you rather have Deshaun Watson? <laughs> That's right. And that really should be all the conversation there needs to be right now. Would Baker Mayfield make the Cleveland Browns any worse or any better? Because they're four and two, so yeah. they're winning in spite of quarterback play. Yep. Plus, you would have all those draft picks. Plus, you would have saved because it's not like Baker Mayfield was going to be getting a, a $50 million a year deal. You could have signed him to $25, $30 million, and you would be yes. in the same situation. Yep. Because think about it. You turned around. You gave up three firsts and then the thirds and fourths that we talked about to sign the guy. And you signed him to a five-year, $230 million contract with a $45 million signing bonus all 230 million of it was guaranteed and he has an average annual salary of 46 million dollars you did that and you're getting a guy that isn't even playing like a top 15 quarterback in the nfl no right now he's not playing like a top 20 quarterback i mean he's yeah. he's legit maybe we'll put him 15th uh, fine if you want to Generous. put him top 15 yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, fine if you want to put him in a top 15 which i don't think he probably is but say all right, he's the 15th best quarterback <laughs> you're paying him as a top four quarterback Yes, and you've guaranteed him the most money ever. You know, you guaranteed an entire contract. Like it's nothing that this dude has to be motivated for no. uh, it, it, nothing. Like 
I could do nothing. And this is maybe why he didn't even want to go back in the game. Again, I don't know the situation. I'm not going to speculate. Maybe the Browns wanted to play it safe, but you were in a tight game. You're in a close game and you paid him all that money to be on the field. He got cleared. So it's not like, well, it's borderline, you know, one more hit, you know, it's like, no, he's fine. (laughs) And then he just didn't play him. It's just, so where's the motivation for him to continue playing? Is he motivated to play? Would I be motivated to play? If someone guaranteed me, no matter how bad I was, yep. they're going to guarantee me my entire contract. I may not. Uh, I may not be as motivated as say I needed to play or earn this incentive, and and that's probably why guaranteed contracts don't work in the NFL. But well, yeah, and not to mention the fact you know you have put this guy in a situation now where he he knows he has all the leverage. The Browns have zero leverage over Deshaun Watson. And so Watson is just kind of saying like, oh, you know, my shoulder hurts. I don't want to play. He milks that for as long as possible. Even though the team said, no, he's fine. It's just kind of a pain tolerance thing. Well, you know, hopefully he'll be back out there soon. You know, yada, yada, nothing really significantly wrong. We had Dr. Jesse Morse on recently, and we talked about AC joints and shoulder injuries and things like that. uh, And it talked about Anthony Richardson. That's a different and way more severe situation than what Deshaun Watson had. So Deshaun Watson goes out, first hard hit. <laughs> He's just like, well, oh, well, you know, I'm going to get yeah. on out of here. And they're like, no, well, no, you're good. You're fine. You can go back in. <laughs> nah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I mean, it's just not Ooh. what you would want to see out of your, not only out of just any starting quarterback. I don't care if you were starting as a rookie, you wouldn't be thrilled to see that out of him. Not to mention a guy who you guaranteed almost a quarter billion dollars to. Yeah. And, I mean, um, yeah. If he had a concussion. Uh, 100% keep them out don't don't even risk it and again I don't know the full details so maybe you know the team doctor said yeah he passed but you know one of those situations it could have been I don't know but it's not a good look uh, whenever you can you know have a guy that can come in who's probably making a million two million this year and can lead you to as many wins as your 200 and 30 some million dollar guarantee yeah. quarterback can the other thing i'll say too is that i do not believe in the world we live in with the concern about head trauma brain injuries concussions etc that if there was any doubt about deshaun watson's condition that he would have been cleared to go back in that game i think the medical staff is always now in the NFL going to err on the side of caution when it comes to head injuries and head trauma. So they're not going to allow you to go back in or clear you to go back in unless they are awfully daggone sure that you are totally fine because otherwise it's going to come back on them, right? They know it. We've seen it happen. There's so much scrutiny around it. They're not going to clear you if there's any question about it. And they cleared him and they cleared him pretty quickly. So, you know, it's just like, oh, he bumped his head. Let's check him out. Okay, he's good to go. What happens when the guy doesn't want to go back in? Right. right? So, is what it is. Anyway, let's move on. And we are going to have this last segment, I think, to uh, close out the episode. I saw this the other day, and I am going to uh, put you on the spot here. We're going to try to do rapid fire. I saw this on CBS Sports, and I'm going to try to put you on the clock rapid fire and i'm going to ask you a very simple question and that question is going to be elite or not elite okay very simple very simple elite or not elite and i'm going to put you on the clock here we're going to have a stopwatch going and we're going to go for one minute we're going to try to fit all of this in in one minute 
Okay. Okay. So this is just rapid fire. Do I need to? Do I need to give uh, my reasoning behind this, or is this just a simple elite? You got to get it done. I'm going to give you seven players. You got to get it done in a minute. Now you can expand on it a little bit more afterwards. You don't just have to say elite, not elite. You can give a quick reason, but we got to try to fit them all in in a one minute period of time. Okay. And this is all right. <clears throat> what, what players are we going here? These are quarterbacks. Okay. Now, do we need a criteria? For elite, is there, or is this just my criteria for elite? It's you. I'm asking you. I'm asking you. All right. So here we go. Elite or not elite, clock is running. Let's start with Tua. Elite. Okay. Justin Herbert. Not elite. Mm. Joe Burrow. Elite. Russell Wilson. Oh, God. Was elite, not elite. Lamar Jackson. Pass. (laughs) We'll come back to that. Brock Purdy. Not elite. Dak Prescott. Not elite. So that means then that we have to bring back to Lamar Jackson. Is Lamar Jackson elite or not elite? This might be the toughest one. I will go elite. I'll go elite. I'll just go elite. Well, you went too long. I think we ended up at about a minute and four on that. But, uh, (laughs) But there you go. So this is actually very interesting because talking about this on CBS Sports, they said Tua, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, all elite. Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, Brock Purdy, Dak Prescott, not elite. So they actually that matched was the exactly exact what same you thing. Said. That is hilarious. <laughs> Well, we are we are experts in our field. That's right. So. People don't realize yeah. it, but yes, if you're listening to this show, you are listening to seasoned experts. Uh, and look, I think it's interesting. I agree with you that Lamar's tricky. Part of it too, and you said this in the beginning, and we can just take a couple quick minutes to expand on this, but is what do you consider? How What is the parameter for elite? Because, you know, are you only looking at it as pure passer? Are you looking at it as total weapon? I mean, if you're just looking at pure talent, well, Justin Herbert is an elite talent. Oh, yeah. But they're he all, pull. yeah, I would say they're all elite talent. Uh, Purdy, I think two, it's two. I mean, you couldn't say that after, yeah. uh, what's he played? Uh, you know, 12 games? I mean, so, no. Yeah. yeah. Too early. So potential, I guess. Um, you know, can they lead to be an elite quarterback for me? You, your team has to consistently be in the hunt. I don't care how good you are or, or how bad your team is. You yeah. have to be consistently. You know, we've talked about this many times. Like Peyton Manning, outside of you know uh, Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, uh, it, dude was there was a rotation of you know wide receivers that would come in there, right? Absolutely. I mean, and he always there was always talks he made his wide receivers better he makes his wide receivers better and you know reggie wayne hall of famer in my opinion uh of course uh, you know marvin harrison um 
already, you know, Hall of Famer, you know, no, no doubt about that stuff. Um, yeah, but Austin so, Colley, not, a, not a Hall of Famer by not any Hall strength, of Famer. but you know, a Pierre Garçon, not a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Um, you know, Dallas Clark, not right. a Hall of Famer, a very good yeah. player. Uh, and then the other part would be if you take them off of the team, what would they be? What would the team be? Yeah. So if you, if you, let's say 10, 10 win team, if you take them off of that team, what would their records be? And I think that's what was difficult with Lamar is because the team fared pretty well in his absence and yeah. he, uh, didn't, um, you know, hasn't finished the past couple of seasons out. So that, that, that was really my only hang up with him outside of that. I mean, he's the MVP. I mean, you can't yeah. be MVP and not be elite. Um, but you take them off of that team. What, what are, what is the team? And yeah, uh, you take Dak off the team. Well, the team's not really built around Dak. I mean, that right. team is built around that defense, you know, running the ball, um, so no, I mean, you know, Dak would be difficult. Like I, you, could he be elite? Maybe, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I mean, you know, you, you take two off of that Dolphins team. I, I don't know that that Dolphins team is explosive, um, and, and as good as, um, you know, as they were and look, look what happened last year when he got hurt. I mean, that team, that, that team fell, fell off. I mean, they, they yeah. fell off uh, big time. So um, that that's kind of a couple things that I would look at is how how good would the team be without him and how can they consistently lead the team and be in contention? So uh, Burrow, yeah, I mean, say what you want about Burrow, but um, yeah, the dude's dude's very talented. This year, you know, he's been hurt and that makes a big difference. But yeah, overall. yeah he has been playing elite this year. Right, but um, you know, in general, he's a he's a pretty yeah. pretty elite yeah. guy. Exactly. And you know, one thing too that I'll add, just as we you know as we get ready to wrap up here, is you know a couple little stats that I saw. Um, and we're talking about elite, and you know, and Lamar Jackson. We touched on it earlier that Lamar completed over seventy seven percent of his passes on Sunday. I saw the stat, and I thought it was really interesting. Kind of ties into what we're talking about that. Lamar Jackson completed 77.6% of his passes and threw for three touchdowns and 357 yards without turning the ball over, including 36 yards and a score running on the ground. He's the first player since at least 1950 to reach each of those thresholds in a game, and he did it against a team that's 5-1. and one. He also joined Drew Brees as the only qualified passer since 1950 with multiple career games with a passer rating of at least 150 and a rushing touchdown. Hmm. So I thought that was kind of interesting. So it's kind of like, you know, again, the Lamar version of elite is different than the Peyton Manning version of elite, right? 100%. There's no doubt yeah. about that, you know? So, it, you know, it's one that I struggle with a little bit. Um, you know, the rest of them I thought were pretty easy. Lamar, like two of the only reason I struggle with it is, is he elite already? And, you know, and because of the health issues, because he hasn't played a lot and, you know, it's like, is he definitively elite? But within the, the confines of that system that they built in Miami, that seems to serve him very, very well that Mike McDaniel has put together there. It, it does seem like Tua has the ability to play like an elite quarterback. And, you know, yeah. I look at an elite quarterback as someone who on a yearly basis, there's a high likelihood that they will be in the conversation for MVP. 
And, you know, two is that guy, whereas Dak is not going to be the MVP, um, no. you know, and, and Justin Herbert has no, no signs of being the MVP anytime soon. So, um, you know, Joe Burrow, definitely Lamar already has been and is in the conversation again. Uh, Tua certainly could be based on how things are continuing to play out if he stays healthy. So anyway, anything on you want to touch on before we uh, wrap this sucker up? Oh, no, man. Well, I mean, LeBron's about to uh, begin his 21st uh, season of playing NBA basketball. As much as I give this dude uh, crap, and I think he deserves a lot of it, um, nothing but respect for for that. I mean, that's just – and really not showing a whole lot of signs of slowing down, which is the other insane thing. It's crazy. It's just – I mean – I don't get it. I don't know. I'm not sure how he manages to do this, but, um, but yeah. So as a dude that has years. invested a lot and spent a lot of time taking incredibly good care of his body there you go. and, and look, I mean, the, the, the results are there. And you know, the thing that's so interesting, right? Everybody made such a big deal out of Tom Brady, you know, being able to play as long as he did. And the, of course, obviously impressive, you know, he played a long time, uh, 16 games a year. The NBA season is so incredibly long. And I understand that that football is a much more physical game, but not the football that Tom Brady played. Not the football that Tom Brady played. Not the football that would allow Tom Brady to just throw himself down on the ground if he thought that he might get sacked before a player could touch him. There's, like Tom Brady could leave a game and... Th- there was no chance that he was that physically sore unless it hurt his back to bend over and take the snap in comparison to what LeBron is doing for 21 years of playing an incredibly long, not only incredibly long NBA season, but the vast majority of those seasons, deep runs in the playoffs and making it to the finals. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, and being the main focus point in a one-on-one sport, to where five other guys were focused singularly on him, uh, it, it's 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 really really incredible what he's been able to do. And that's not, yeah. I'm not minimizing Tom Brady, even though I don't like him. I'm not minimizing what he's done. It's just the people think, oh, it's football, so it's so much harder. Come on, man! It's 16 games a year at the quarterback position for a guy that never got hit. So no, the physical toll that that takes on the body is not the same as an 82 game NBA season plus long postseason runs. So figure yeah. playing into 100, 110, yeah. you know, games yeah. per season, probably that LeBron. Now maybe he didn't play all 82 games, right? I get no, that particularly as he's got old time off low management yeah. and everything. Yeah. But still, I mean, it's just the physical toll to be able to do that is, uh, is significant. And yeah. it's, it's impressive that he's been able to do it as long as he yeah. has. So I mean, he's playing about eight months out of the year. I mean, really, <laughs> I mean, that's, it's pretty crazy because he's always playing into June. I mean, even this yeah. past year, they made it to the Western Conference Finals. I mean, hats off. Crazy. I mean, Michael's still better, but you can be second greatest <laughs> of all time. I'm all right with that. Absolutely. Nothing wrong with yeah. that. Nothing yeah. wrong with that at all. All right. Well, with that having been said, we'll go ahead and wrap this sucker up. We want to thank you, as always, to our global audience. Also, be sure to check us out. You know, we're on uh, Twitter or X at Get the Horn Show. Uh, obviously, you know, if you're, if you're listening to the podcast, make sure you check out our YouTube page. We have lots of clips, 
All of our episodes are, are uh, on video as well on YouTube, so you can check us out on there. If you're on YouTube, make sure you check us out on the podcast platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and you know everywhere else. Uh, makes it a lot easier to be able to listen to if you're in the car or something like that. So be sure to check us out. Keep up uh, with us on there, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to everybody soon. Have a good one. Good night.